Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Tom Fitzmorris with the second course of The Food Show. It's our program about food and restaurants and cooking and wine and and all the things that make your life a little happier than it already is in. And I, Because I know you wouldn't be listening to us if you were uh, very happy to begin with. This is not the kind of place you would come to be a dull smut, whatever that means. That's right. <laughs> uh, 260 Today in 1935, a little uh, extra I see here in the uh, almanac. Uh, 1935, the board game Monopoly was sold for the first time, and I don't think I've, I've you know, I always, uh, you know, I haven't even thought about this lately, so maybe I'm going to take it up instead of ta- just talking about it. Imagine a um, something kind of like a, 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 go- a go- uh, yeah, a, 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 a monopoly game, a monopoly eating. game, yeah. and uh, th- that you would go in and the money would be real money, and you would uh, uh, do all the other things that you need to uh, do to to play that game, and then uh, to see uh, how how deep into the uh, into Europe you the wanted. abyss. Yeah, two six zero six three six eight is the number. We are talking about, like I said, as usual, not much of anything, but it does all have to do with food. Anybody got any great plans for Valentine's Day? Anybody doing something mm. really unique for Valentine's Day? Anyone going on a picnic? You know, I think more people might be doing that than in a long time. Well, I was thinking. I people was, have been asking me. I was thinking that, um, you know, We were talking about, Mary Lee and I, we were talking about doing our Valentine's Day coverage, something that would be really unique. And uh, we had just come from the Dixie Brewery and Uh were marveling at how fabulous a place that was. And I thought, you know, it would be really cool and just sort of economical and really different and also really romantic to take your significant other out to the Dixie Brewery where there is... The new one or the old one? Well, no, the one that just opened. Yeah. Where there's a lovely lawn. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. With lawn chairs. Yeah. And, it, you know, in at night it's all lit up and it's really pretty. And I was thinking that would be a fun thing to do. But they close at 7, so you'd have to do it oh. at 5. Well, that's not the kind of neighborhood you want to be in at that well, time of day. Well, anyway. no, but it's... First of all, it's um, busy, Busy. and second, it's got security out there, and third, it is. uh, I think it. I think it's fine. I mean, it's when we were out there, it was, it was quite busy. That was the opening party, but I'm sure there are plenty of people still out there. And it's seven o'clock. It's still only seven o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. But it would be uh, that would be a fun kind of picnic, you know. Get go taste some different beers and go and sit out in these cool Adirondack chairs, and it's it's fun. It'll be fun. Anyway, I'm trying to think of some other places to go that are not 
traditional and not sort of the usual thing, but um, but that was the one that came to mind. So Zia has their two for Valentine's thing that was yeah, in. They've been we doing did that, that in years. their menu.com mm-hmm. today too. Yeah, yep. I think that's actually a really good idea. Oh yeah, you know, sure. Have a shared Why not? Appetizer uh-huh. and then a. A salad and and an entree and it's two for fifty bucks. That's not bad, you know. I mean, you don't have to spend a fortune. No, but sometimes you do. Romancing your sweetie, you know, a place like the Pythian Market. The Pythian Market. The Pythian Market is. Uh, are they uh, still doing okay? I like the Pythian <laughs> Market. It's uh, it's got a lot of little private spaces. Uh-huh. Yeah. And if you were young and uh, not rolling in dough, they have great food there. You could, you know, slip into a little quiet section and have a nice little romantic. I'm trying to uh, bring to my mind. uh, The Pythian Market is on, uh, I believe, Rampart, maybe? uh, And it's uh, Rampart right about at Tulane, but more like Gerard. uh, more like Gerard. Yeah, Gerard and uh, and uh, Common Rampart. actually. It's uh, I, don't I think it's right on think uh, Common. So no, okay, well, maybe not. Rampart and Gerard. I, I could be wrong about that though. When I first Phoenix. opened, I went there and found that they were doing big time. Cr- um, uh, oh, this has not been my day for this. Yeah. Um, for uh, they they were doing um, the Pythian Market. The when Pythian? did you ever go to the Pythian oh, Market? Oh, uh, not long after they opened. And, uh, Were you with me? Because I don't no, remember I don't, this at all. I don't remember. And I can't imagine you going by yourself. I remember. I remember. I did go by myself, and that it was really cold, and it was uh, whistling, and all of that. Uh, you know, uh, but uh, uh, bagels. They they had a, an outfit that made bagels. You don't remember that? I don't, <laughs> huh? I don't know, Tom. I, I uh, there there certainly could be. I mean, I haven't. I've only been once. There, yeah, I'm, uh, when I went looking for it, somebody said just it's right next door to the Charlie's. I think that's that's what what its name was. I think that's what it was. Charlie's uh, Bagel Den or whatever, and and people were yeah. packing the place. Okay. I mean, it, it was a big big deal. I don't know. It's very uh, hard to get a good bagel in this town. Very it's a difficult. shame that the uh, the. Mm. Jewish Bagelry or Bayou Bagelry. What was the name of that place that was on Causeway by Andreas? That was yeah, good. Uh, that guy was good. He was good, and he was there for the longest time. I think, it was, the, I think time. it was the Bayou Bagelry, maybe. I no, think, no, it's not the Bayou it, Bagelry. It was something That's not like it. that. I think there's one of those in Slidell. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, does anybody remember the name of that bagel place that was right across from Lakeside on Causeway Boulevard? It, yeah. Right by Andreas. Right. It, it was, was fact, a it was... New York bagel guy. He was definitely yeah. straight out of New York. And that there was another one in Metairie uh, many years ago, like back in the 50s. No, that's not possible. Uh, I don't think was, anybody was even eating it, bagels no, in the 50s I, unless I you were Jewish, I think right? You're right? Yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine. So that. Uh, this one was right around uh, uh, David Drive. The what? The, did you? Oh yeah, yeah, they did have. Yeah, he, wait, what was that, Doug? Thank the bagel, you, yeah. the Bagel Factory. Was there a place on David Drive too? Yeah, that's where it was. No, no, no. The place that I'm talking about was right on Causeway. Oh, Doug, okay. do they also have one on uh, David Drive? Oh, okay. <clears throat> I don't know what that would be. Well, anyway, anyway it did this exist. place, this place is 
facing causeway. It's by a boot store. It backs up to Andrea's parking, parking lot. lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, as Doug just said, the bagel factory. And yeah. it was good. And it was a bagel factory, too. And it, it was, was. It was really good. It was good. I used it to was, well, that go out of my York. way. He was from yeah, New York. That Real helps. New York bagels. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. and it's not like the ones that you're that are coming in from New York or uh, it's just it's just not like I went to Humble Bagel the other day. Those Humble Bagel. Those aren't bagels. Those are Humble I mean, they're bagel. bagels, but they're not good bagels. I don't think anyway. It's uh, a good bagel is is hard to beat mm-hmm. and uh, and hard to find in this city. Anyway, two six zero six three six eight is the number. We are talking about bagels now, but you can talk about mm-hmm. anything at all. Oh, that's anything right. We're wide open. What should Tom have for his birthday tomorrow? <laughs> uh, gee, I, I was thinking in terms of chocolate, weren't you? No, because you're never thinking in terms of chocolate. <clears throat> and I, that um, was a setup for you. Yeah, and you don't need to think in terms of chocolate. I do enough chocolate for both of us. Mm. That's for sure. Anyway, I'm looking through your almanac for something else that we can talk about. Um, mostly it's about steaks for sure. Steaks? Yeah, steaks. Mm-hmm. That's oh, kind oh. of the... Where do we start? We sure have the, plenty the of them. end all and the be all here. Oh, there's something about the biggest bowl of jello ever made. Mm. Oh, boy, we sure Completed need that. in Brisbane, Australia today in 1981. It was a watermelon flavor. Does anyone still eat Jello? Uh, you know, that's, I've never eaten Jello. Uh, I did, and uh, the slogan, I can definitely see you as a yellow Jello eater. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> there was a, a a slogan for for these people. Well, now I've I've forgotten it again. Uh-huh. But the uh, uh, I remember uh, in the TVs would tell you, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jello, you can. You you wait 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 a minute. What they, they had a slogan. Uh huh. J E L L O. J E L L O. That that goes back to the 1940 radio. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, that was uh, something cool. Okay, so uh, you have words to eat by here yeah. from Judith Martin. Do you remember Judith Martin? I do. She, as a matter of fact, I have her book. I know, and it's you used to here. love uh, a quote of hers. Do you remember it about? Grooms at a wedding. Grooms at a wedding, mm-hmm. and uh, I I vaguely remember it, but I don't. Uh, well, this is not the quote, but no. something about that quote was that uh, someone asked her. She was Miss Manners for those of uh-huh. you who are too young that's for right. that. Judith Martin, that's her real name, but her pen name and her column was Miss Manners. Miss Manners. I guess she's not around much anymore because no one cares about manners Yeah, anymore. well, that's certain. <laughs> but if ever we needed Judith Martin, we need it now. But um, she had a question from someone about um, a wedding. Mm-hmm. And it was about something that the groom was requesting or... Maybe the bride wanted to know how much she had to take into account what the groom was requesting or something along those lines. Mm. And Judith Martin said, well, when it comes to weddings, a groom Uh is about the closest thing to superfluous (laughs) as you can get. (laughs) Yes, the the wedding is all about the the bride. Yes. The, uh, The 
the uh, groom. Uh, the groom, uh, although com- not completely superfluous, is about the closest thing to it. Anyway, <clears throat> you have her in your almanac today, and she has another quote. Yes. Oh, let's hear it. Soup does its loyal best, mm-hmm. no matter what undignified conditions are imposed upon it. <laughs> you don't catch steak hanging around when you're poor and sick, do you? <laughs> no, not lately, but I'm glad to know that that exists. I'm not even sure what that means, Me but <laughs> but <clears throat> I guess you put that in there because of steak. But she had many, many better quotes than that. You know who else I was reading uh, today? The book that I discovered when I was looking past you a few days ago, which is a book that I um, was desperately looking for when we were set to interview him. And then I wound up not doing the interview anyway. But I was looking past you the other day and saw that you had, and the reason I couldn't find the book was that it was here in the piles uh, on your on your shelves. Oh, and it really? was the Alex Hitz book for entertaining. Hmm. And I'm sure that anyone who listens with regularity knows that sometime in November we had sort of a fiasco with Alex Hitz on. And then we did a brief interview with him, or we were going to do a brief interview, but we wound up not doing that because it was just, let's let's let it suffice to say it was a disaster. But I'm really, really sorry that that turned out the way it did and that I was not able to do the interview with him because uh, he has had a fascinating life. You know, there are a lot of people out there that have life. done uh, amazing things. I mean, um, to... It's like everyone everyone is born into a certain station, you know, and what's good about America is that you don't have to remain in that station if you don't like it. But there are some people born into a station where you would never want to leave it, and if you wind up for some unspeakable tragedy having to leave it, it's really hard to live like the rest of the people. But anyway, he was born into that sort of station where his father was, uh, or his, his stepfather was a uh, symphony conductor and traveled around the world, and it was uh, fascinating. That's, that, that is fascinating. It, I mean, I, I find that when you talk to people who travel a lot, you have a lot of really interesting things that you hear. Yep. Well, you know, that's what makes it interesting. Oh, that's... Little things like that. Yeah. And big things like that, too. And all kinds of food experiences and mm-hmm. just experiences yeah. in general. 2606368 is the number. You're listening to WWL 105.3 FM HD2. So, Tom, since yeah. we've been talking about steaks today... Yeah, let's talk about You always more, talk more about steaks. odd cuts of steaks. Yeah. What is your favorite odd cut of steak? I'm a sirloin strip, New York strip kind of guy. Yeah, but that's not odd. I mean, it's odd enough because yeah, yeah, most people don't is. get that. I, I would imagine uh-huh. that the percentage of sirloin strips sto- sold in a steakhouse to anything else is probably 20 at best. Yeah, I don't know if it's quite that low, but it's it's lower than anything else. Everybody goes for fillets. Yeah. Fillets are on the own the. Well, business. they're good. That's why. Yeah, well, they they look good. Well, they 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 are good too. They're they're tender, generally speaking. Who needs to really chew and chew and chew on a steak? The reason you're oh, always I'm complaining. All the reason that you're always complaining about how tough steaks are is that you order a sirloin strip, which is chewy by nature. Yeah. Well, okay. that that's true. Yeah. And, and it and the. 
kind of stupidity that you attribute to me that is that slips in there is actually accurate. So, you, so a cap uh, steak. What is a cap steak? A cap steak is if you uh, you use it, you use the uh, rib uh, rib eye or the rib roast. Okay. And if if you were to cut across that in the same layer as the uh, uh, the the Board, the thing that, that that holds it in place. If you were to cut off the top, the whole thing, it'll come out about maybe two inches, three uh-huh. inches across the top, and you cut that all, and, and you'll find a lot of fat with a, with a pretty good bit of loin in there, too. But there's both at the same time, and you can work any kind of, uh, of uh, uh, kind of thing. That, I can't help you. <laughs> yeah, um, the the uh, it, it's it comes up from the same kind of thing that gives us prime rib, just just a backup into oh, the cap. But it's very very very. Okay, when you tender. say a bone-in fillet, is that that's not the same thing though, is it? A bone-in fillet is not the same a, thing a, that you were just describing. Was no, it? no, a but a. a, a what you're asking for is something that's become kind of popular in recent times, but it's a fillet still on the bone. That's that's what uh-huh. they do there. They instead of just cutting it right across the fillet, uh, people who want to have that, they uh, will cut across, and then you'll get some very lean uh, uh, over here and some fatty stuff over here, and then with the the uh, with the inj- that- running right through the center of the of the steak, that's where you get uh, this really uh, with the with the bone in it. it the, the idea. It's a beautiful steak. It's, it's very beautiful. it's very attractive looking. Very much so. And it's it's also really good. I also like a cowboy ribeye. Oh, you and Marianne. No, uh, now it's cowboy rib out. Yeah. Huh? Cowboy cowboy ribeye. Yeah. And a tomahawk ribeye. What is the difference in those two things? Uh, they're both uh, prime, uh, fil- not fillets, fil- but they're, uh, the, the, they're, they're both kind of curved around, and they are. They're both prime rib, they're aren't pr- they? Prime rib is one of the things that they get used for. and uh, I mean, they're both ribeyes very, is very, what I'm yeah, trying to say. They're very, both ribeyes. It's very tender. And, uh, is a tomahawk just a Bigger, bigger one, yeah, with is, with a bigger bone. Yeah, but is yeah. it is it a bigger bone or is it the same bone that's not been cut? No, it's cut a different way. Okay. Uh, for that, mm-hmm. uh, it's it has caught on, uh, off and on over the years. I I could if I sat and thought about it, I could give you a list of probably ten restaurants that in at one time or the other in the past. They have uh, taken these things and turned them into a different cut. Mm-hmm. But everybody wants to try it once in a while. Well, I like <laughs> it to bring it home to doggies. But um, but I, if I had to, if I had to pick just the steak that I would get yeah. as the steak, it would yeah. of course be a filet mignon. There you and go. And I think that's true of probably most. Well, people. you're 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 skating on. I uh, think they they probably sell more filet. By some exponential number yeah. than other steaks, for yeah. sure. Uh, that's I'm sure it's true. Honestly, I like beef tips. That works for me. Beef tips, are, they're a very inexpensive. Uh, are beef tips just cut from the tenderloin? Would it where, no, where do I beef don't, tips I don't, come from? I don't think they're uh, involved with the uh, fillet or this uh, at all. I think it's uh, pretty much lives alone. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's fillet tips. Did you say? 
Yeah, I said I like okay. I like fillet. I, I like beef tips. Are those beef fillet tips? tips? Yeah, beef beef tips are a real bargain, and uh, they are very tender. You need a little more attention to cooking it uh, to to get everything to put together because it it seizes up really quickly. I find when I cook it. Uh-huh. So, uh huh. So what's what is your favorite way to cook a steak? I think my favorite way is to get a uh, 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 what Chef Gerard Crozier used to call, as a matter of fact, he used this name on his restaurant. Uh, it's the, uh, and once again, here I am. You know what, I think when I cook a steak, and and I say this, not I, when I cook beef, so it doesn't even have to be a steak. It, yep. it works just as well for me mm-hmm. with a hamburger. If I took a steak or a hamburger or any kind of beef and took very coarsely ground pepper, yeah, black pepper, mm-hmm. and salt and coated it as like an actual crust mm-hmm. and just seared it in there. Yeah, I, th- I think that's what... The... And, I, and I did that in butter mm-hmm. with some water and if you wanted to i guess some red wine uh but i also like worcestershire sauce and just crust take the pan and and the the crust off the pan and just let it simmer after it's been crusted to me that's a perfect Mm -hmm. steak yeah it you lose a little bit of tenderness tenderness doing that why uh, because uh, it looks like it's going to be very tender with all of that fat rounding uh, here and there, but it winds up. Uh, I would think it would sear it in. Yeah, but sometimes searing uh, will will tighten some stuff. Uh, really? Yeah. Sometimes it'll work beautifully. It depends on where it came from, uh, what what degree of uh, doneness uh, you are figuring on. So if I wanted to make an au poivre sauce ah, from easy. the pepper mm-hmm. pan. Yeah. Oh, great idea. Just You just put cream in it? Cream. That's, that's it. it. Cream is not going to tighten up or... It, cream is one of God's great ingredients. And if you just get in there and stir it to the right amount, it's going to stay the way it is. And then there you are. Uh, is Bernays sauce your favorite accompaniment to a steak? Yeah, I really love it. It's great with the uh, the uh, steak. Um, poivre probably is my favorite, but Bernays sauce. Oh, is steak au poivre a favorite before Bernays? Yeah, I thought Bernays yeah. was always your favorite. Bernays, no. Bernays I, I like for almost everything, but it is... Um, I like, think Bernays is good for chicken. It's great for chicken. It's In good fact, for at, chicken. At Antoine's uh, tonight or tomorrow, you could get it. It's uh, on the menu. Bernays with chicken. Yep. Mm-hmm. And with fries. With oh, real fries? Well, it's an aioli, basically, isn't it? Um, an aioli. Bernays is is a is Bernays. a close it's a close hollandaise. cousin. To it's a hollandaise. It, it's a hollandaise with some with some tarragon uh, in it. Tarragon and a few other herbs. Mm-hmm. And but you want the kind that have a little bit of uh, 
uh, tanginess to it? No, no it's uh, a lot of people refer to it as a, a licorice flavor. You know, there are a lot of things well, that have Well, that's tarragon. Tarragon is anise. one of them. Anise. Those are all things that yeah. are in the same family. That's, that I like with a steak and a, a, a bubbly hot, hot butter kind of thing. And uh, where were we? What's the greatest steak experience in terms of flavor that you can remember? I, I went to Auberge de... de, de Are you Auberge actually can remember Fa one in particular? I can, yeah. Auberge hmm. uh, uh, um, Filet. I, 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 don't, I don't think that's the, the word for it. It'll come to me in a Auberge second. Auberge de Lille. Auberge de Lille. Mm -hmm. yeah, thank in you. Alsace. In Alsace, right, uh -huh. yeah. Uh, okay, so now we've established that easily enough. What, so what that's is that's your favorite steak experience? That's my favorite steak experience, and I want that that little uh, herbal quality to it. That's important. Then you have your hollandaise, and you take the hollandaise, and that goes in there from the uh, from the beef. I'm sorry, not from the beef, but you know when yeah. when I hear you talk about steaks, yeah, I I am cringe with <laughs> I am a sad steak. You are? Customer. Why? You don't go there much? Well, because I don't really eat a lot of steak. If I go to a steakhouse, I am much more inclined to eat cream spinach, mm -hmm. baked potato, yeah. hash browns, uh, au gratin, any of those kinds of things, and have a bite or two of steak. I'm such a cheap date. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't you drink... Are? No. I go to a steakhouse. I have only a couple of bites of steak. But but well. that's my that's my thing. It's like I, I like a steak well enough, but I can't even tell you the last time I ordered a steak by myself and ate it. Yeah? What I, I, I cannot tell you that. I, I, I don't even have a recollection of when that would be. Hmm. What were you doing in the meantime? Well, I, I, I would much prefer to get like a hamburger. The last time oh, we went I to see. Ruth's Chris yeah. uh -huh. and we ate in the bar, you got a steak and I got a hamburger and I did eat that. But I I did I wouldn't be inclined necessarily to get a steak and just sit there and 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 saw away on a big hunk of beef or a big hunk of anything. I don't know why. It's just I, I'm not that much of a meat eater. I could easily be a vegetarian. Champignois. Does that mean anything to you? Yes. What does it mean? I don't know. Okay. I, I can't either. That's the other. Uh, it's, it's not a sauce, is it? It's it's no. a it's a thing that accompanies. Yeah. What you oh, do? I just got is... I just got an answer to a question that I sent to Keith Young. Five percent. Uh -huh. Of steaks, five percent of yeah. steaks mm -hmm. are strip steaks that he sells. Yeah, he thinks it's very rare that people order them, but in his opinion, the best tasting. Uh, the the uh, sirloin. No, uh, uh, the strip, the strip, strip sirloin. Oh, the strip. Yeah, the yeah, strip okay. sirloin. Strip. Uh, yeah, that's what he said. Yeah. Five percent. Now that's even lower than what I thought. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the way I like it. For what that's worth. Yeah, I think that's yeah. I think that's really fascinating. I'm surprised to hear that that's how low it is. <clears throat> anyway, two six zero six three six eight is the number. We're going to take a break, and we will be right back. And uh, you can talk to us at WWL one hundred five point three FM HD two. 
We're, we've been talking about steaks for the last little while, maybe the long while. In, in honor of Ruth Fertel. Uh, yeah, that's right. Is today her birthday? It w- Yes. Well, she's passed away, of course, but yes, yeah. she was born today. Yes. Well, anyway, we were uh, talking about steaks and Ruth Fertel uh, being the Ruth's Chris of, of Ruth's The icon. Steak. The icon for certain. <laughs> and, uh, but there are, are other places to go with this. And uh, one that we came up with that uh, when Gerard Crozier shut uh-huh. his restaurant down, which mm-hmm. he did on three different occasions. I loved Chateau. Oh, what a I great loved guy. it. I, I, I love the restaurant, too. Everything about it. I loved it. it. I, I was a huge fan of his. I always gave him five stars. Mm-hmm. He swears to me that there was one that I didn't, but he. But uh, it had a really good vibe to it, and the food was yeah. delicioso because everything he did was perfecto. Yep, it really is. Well, he uh, the the last uh, restaurant that he did Chateaubriand. Chateaubriand, is that what? Yep. Oh, good. I'm I'm glad you you. Uh, uh, Chateaubriand on the corner a, of Bienville and Carrollton. Yeah, that's in the, that very cool building, which then became a it, an Asian restaurant. I, I think it's I think it's not a restaurant now. I don't know. I don't think it is, but I haven't been there in a long time. And the uh, but. At any rate, the, the that was cha- the high point of that building for Champignon, sure. Champignon, uh, what uh, what he had going on there was this French. Imagine a whole fillet. This is where you have if if you have a foot and a half long. That's uh, what a Chateaubriand is, right? That's what it is. Uh huh. And you take the whole thing and you season it up and you put it on the hot hot grill, or into the oven if you if that's where the space is better, and you just Every now and then, turn it a little bit. It'll get darker and darker. It'll get juicier and juicier in the middle. And when you can tell, it's you know, poke in the middle of the uh, meat and find out where it is now. You touch it to your lips. Mm-hmm. And when you can feel it being distinctly warm or really downright hot, then you take it out and you let it you let it get a little bit uh, hotter. It actually, you know, to, to kind of pull it together. And uh, once you do that, and it, it's you just sit down and eat it with hollandaise uh, sauce or bearnaise sauce, or with what you uh, were saying you like so much, the opoive au, au, au sauce. This is where you have cream and yeah, and peppercorns. I think, I think it's hard to beat an opoive. Oh, it's it's, it's a divine, green. absolutely divine. Is there ever something like brandy in that, or is that, that my imagination? Would be a, that. It, Maybe so, maybe not, but I wouldn't hesitate to do it. That would make it kind of a little sweet. Yeah, it maybe. would be really good. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. I'm with you on that. Okay, that's kind of cool. Anyway, Chapignon is mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I uh, I did love Chateaubriand, and if I recall correctly, was that a Shoney's at one time? Wasn't it was. building a Shoney's that, that at one very time? place on Bienville and Carrollton? Yeah. So uh, yeah. so it went from Shoney's to Chateaubriand, right? Well, now so, there was another uh, before that. There was a company that sold uh, seeds and a for, feed and seed store. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but but it was Shoney's predates. Chateaubriand, correct? Uh, yes. Yeah, because Shoney's was gone. I don't know when Shoney's left the market, but let's see. Chateaubriand was gone with Katrina, right? Or no? Chateaubriand. Uh, uh, oh, uh, yes. Yes. Hmm. Katrina ran him out. 
Yeah, I know uh, they were about gone as it was. Uh, I know because of the construction. Yeah. Yeah. So so we're talking 15 years ago from Chateaubriand. And then Shoney's then would have had to have left the market even before that. So, well, but that's a cool building. In 1970, let's see if that's Does right. Does anybody know when the last Shoney's, even ballpark, closed in this market? It's still open in Los Angeles. It is? Uh-huh. Are you talking about Shoney's or Big Bob's? Shoney's. I, uh, last time I was there visiting with Jude and company. That's Big Bob. Big Bob? No, it said Shoney's. Shoney's Big Boy, you mean? No, it said Shoney's. Shoney's, bing, bang. And it was the only one, <laughs> just that one. In Burbank. In uh, Burbank. No, no, it wasn't there. It I think was... it's a Bob's Big Boy that you're talking no, about, Tom. No, I'm telling you it's not. Okay. Uh, they, uh, they have a lot of old, cool relics this, of the past. I'm sure they there. do. Yeah. Like Shakey's. We went to Shakey's there. Anyway, if anyone knows when... Uh, when the, the last Shoney's closed. Yeah, this one uh, we were paying attention to because uh, uh, Mary Ann. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Uh, anyway, we. Uh, uh, I can't it, help it, you. It, it, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's. Uh, I got to quit texting during the show. That would yeah? be helpful. Oh, yeah. Because be. it's like I'm leaving you out there on a limb and, and I'm in the yeah. middle of a conversation and I got to well, I got to jump out and help you. Thank you for that. Yeah, Chateaubriand though is is always it's like it's like having a roast at the table, isn't it? That's what it is. It yeah. is a roast okay. at the table, yeah. uh, and you roasted it, and it's kind and is of, it, is a Chateaubriand is a beef Wellington essentially a Chateaubriand and Crute? Yes. Okay. That's that's exactly what it is. Okay. You've, you've said it very very well, and I don't Thank know. You. Uh, I, there's nothing about it that would change that uh, definition. I think you got it on the nose. You know, I was, uh, I started to say this yesterday. We were talking about stuffed mushrooms, and um, mushrooms come back to mind when we start talking about beef wellington, because a duxel is, of course, uh, I won't say, well, they're teeny tiny chopped mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and pate, too, right? It's like mushroom pate is a duxel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah uh, as part of the Beef Wellington. Um, anyway, I uh, was reading a book that I find really, really interesting. We're not going to have her on because she lives in China, and, and the time won't work for a live interview. But it's um, this woman who is young and has been living in China for a long time and began cooking as a way of coping with living in Beijing. And she, the, the book is really like a, for serious cooks. And she has a section about ingredients and a lot of her ingredients are powders there are things that become powder which i guess maybe is kind of prevalent in asian cooking i don't know but one of the things that she makes into a powder is a mushroom powder who is this doing this this is her name is um mandy lee mandy lee and she's she's famous as a i don't know she's like a 
an angry blogger or something. <laughs> I forget the name of the blog, but it's something about anger and food. And she's a good writer, but the book is the book is first of all gorgeous and um and she talks about all these ingredients that are specific to Asian cooking and she makes her own noodles and everything. But um she has a mushroom powder that she uses and apparently if you pulverize mushrooms into a powder that greatly enhances their flavor and so that gave me an idea I started to talk about this yesterday that when I buy mushrooms and really a lot of other things I just let it go to waste because we eat out so much it's like I I buy them with the best of intentions and then two weeks later I fish them out of the out of the refrigerator rotten but mushrooms I have a new way of thinking about mushrooms oh tell me they come in a package, and they have cellophane they, they, over them. Are they dry, or are they Okay, wet? well, see, this is the thing about mushrooms. Uh-huh. It's kind of like the Martha Stewart tip for avocados. You put them in the refrigerator, and they'll keep. You know, when you go to, like, a farmer's market, and you see just piles of mushrooms, they're all kind of dried, you know? So you reconstitute them with water, and they're fine. So I decided I'm going to take the wrapper off of the mushrooms instead of letting them Mm -hmm. stay in the wrapper and then just rot because there's too much moisture. I'm going to take the wrapper off and leave them in the refrigerator and let them dry out. And then when I'm ready to use them again, just reconstitute them. Hmm. Good plan. I might even try to make a mushroom powder, although I don't know what I'd use it for. Yeah. What would you do with that? Well, she has just endless things that she uses her powders for i mean these are people who are serious cooks is anybody out there besides don clement (laughs) an incredibly serious cook like would you get a cookbook where you make the ingredients which are powders and Mm -hmm. and oils that you keep on hand for cooking is anybody out there really that serious a cook? I mean, of I'm course. sure there oh, are. Of course. There are. Of course. I'm sure let me there tell are you. People. Let I me, think they're backing me away break from in it. on this conversation here. Yeah. Okay. All right. Powders very easily done by de- dehydrating. That's how yeah. they. That's how they make the powders. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. when you have a powder, you have uh, your tongue, which has, of course, the receptors for taste. Uh, a powder will coat the tongue and and you have an explosion of taste that way rather than having something chewed like a uh, mushroom or something mm-hmm. like that uh, you can do the same thing with salt you want to make things really salty without using a whole lot of salt you powder the salt and uh, it's very easy like that that's what she well, that said that sounds rational yeah. that's what she said she's got this entire couple of pages of powdered things and i i just read things like that and i go wow people really get into cooking and i don't know i mean like that's her business obviously but i mean just a regular person out there is there anybody out there who's going to cook some really mind-blowing thing for your lover for valentine's day and what would that be, and how much do you really cook like that? As you know, you used to say about um, really expensive equipment, 
at the people who have the nicest equipment in their kitchens never really use it. That's true. <laughs> we, well, I've seen that happen again and again and again. With well, if Mary Lee ever gets into her house, yeah, she, I think, will be using that, that her will be, equipment uh, that, that she has. That will be something. <laughs> Very expensive, a bunch Ma of appliances just sitting there. Mary Lee is uh, my daughter. Very depressing. And uh, <clears throat> uh, she, uh, she's got a pretty good knowledge of all of it. When you And when you're a... a Somebody who knows how to manipulate uh, all of the uh, all of the things that she does, all, all the well, the, baker as a baker, a baker, yeah. But I'm talking about just as a as a regular cook. I mean, this book that I've been reading is, like I said, what's it's, the name it's, of it? It's called. You know, I don't know the name of it. <laughs> is it around here anywhere? It's upstairs. Oh, I can okay. go get it upstairs. But it's it's black. And the writing is white, so it's very dramatic. All the photography is very dramatic, mm -hmm. and it's. Uh, it, but what's much more interesting about it than anything else is the sheer quantity of really obscure ingredients. Oh, there's plenty of those. That that she uses. I'm going to look up the book because uh, it's it's something that maybe some people who mm -hmm. really do cook might yeah. want to get. But I wish we could talk to her because I think she would be really fascinating to talk to. Mm. She lives now in in Hong Kong. She was living in Beijing, but she lives in Hong mm. Kong. Mm. Anyway, mm. her name is Mandy Lee. She's Taiwanese by birth and from Vancouver. Well, and have you ever been to Vancouver? I have been to Vancouver. Tom. There's an interesting aspect of that place, and uh, you see it when you, if you were to take a cruise and go to uh, to Alaska, you would probably pass through uh, the uh, the place where we talk Vancouver, and uh, what would come out of it, or what you get into it, because there are so many different ethnic cuisines in that area, uh, uh, both on the North Shore and the South Shore of Vancouver. So it's uh, an she amazing. has a blog called Lady and Pups. She's big Pups? on her dogs. Oh, yeah. gosh. Yeah, Lady and mm. Pups. And, oh, that's what that's the name of the book. It's a black book. Yeah. And it's called, um, it's called The Art of Escapism Cooking. Ah. Well, we all need to escape every now and then. Yes. And the cover is arresting in and of itself. It's a picture of her hand with a sandwich that is oozing um, egg yolk running down her arm. And that pretty much encapsulates the the sort of mood of of the book, for sure. Mm -hmm. It's It's... She's different. That's the word. She's definitely, definitely different. But she's um, she start, She said that she started to uh, cook for her mother and her mother's housewifey mother. friends who would sit for weeks on end playing mahjong. Is that is that how you pronounce yeah, that? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so that's apparently a very, uh, very intact cultural thing in Asian in the Asian world. And uh, she would, as a like a twelve-year-old, these women would sit all day, every day, doing <laughs> that game mahjong, 
and uh, she would have to feed them. And that's how she started cooking hmm. as a 12-year-old. Hmm. Anyway. Well, somebody's got to do it. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. people doing a lot of interesting things out there. That's certainly and, true. Uh, you know, uh, if, if only we could. <laughs> if I can uh, just uh, check on Interrupt one thing for a <clears throat> before we uh, get too deep in here. <laughs> Chef Andrea, is he due to re- uh, to talk to us today? It's not Tuesday. No. no. Okay. And uh, let's see. There was somebody else we uh, – oh. Uh, There's no one due to talk to us today, and no one clearly no. who wants to talk to us today. I don't so know. So we're There's, all alone. Uh there's one place I, w- I would uh, let you know about if you don't already. Turtle soup. I'm, I love turtle soup. I've been a turtle I'm sure soup. you're going to have a lot of turtle soup this week, Tom, since it's your birthday. Uh, you know, I probably will. Mm-hmm. Uh, that isn't what brought it to my mind. It was just... Uh, it's be a very expensive week for us. Uh, I, I'm, Stephen is here? Okay, Stephen is here. Hey. Uh, I watched uh, Emerald the other day, and he was cooking on cedar planks. Has that gone by the wayside? Uh, no, I still see a little bit of that. And if, if you want it in a way that's going to put a little smoke into it, well, then you have to have it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And your your strip steak you were talking about is known as, what, a New York strip? Yeah. A New York strip, yeah. That's the same as a, uh, any other kind of strip you see. That's just, you know, three different names for the same thing. And um, uh, Marianne, apple cider vinegar. Yes. Is it, is it, I I just got a a mailer about a book on it in the mail, and they were saying how it it, uh, is good for digestion, it's good for uh, reducing stomach fat, the, the hard fat, not the soft fat. Uh, and I was just wondering if you you would Wait, pickling agree with fat, that. Doug, or pickling things? Oh, okay. <laughs> Getting rid of fat. <laughs> <laughs> Doug said pickling, so I thought about pickling hard fat. Anyway, go ahead. No, I would. Yeah, I think it's already pickled, but I would like to get rid of the pickled part. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about uh, it. Is, I mean, that, is that what you're? Are you asking me if it is? Well, I'm asking you this this book. The they're trying to sell a book to you, uh-huh. and uh, I, you know, that's part of their their pitch. you know their pitch. Yeah. Well, doesn't everyone want to get rid of hard fat or soft fat or any fat? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I say, Stephen, it's worth a try. And it says it also keeps your arteries clear. I can believe that. Okay. And is it only apple cider vinegar or is it just vinegar? I mean, there are many distilled vinegars and whatever. Apple cider vinegar is currently the reigning favorite. I don't know what makes it better than the others, but in all the things that I read, it is ACV, as you as you said. Um, but I don't I don't know why. I think vinegar is just good in general for so many things. Yeah. Okay. Do you right. drink it? Do you drink it uh, just vinegar and honey or something or? Just Are a, you doing that, like a tablespoon of vinegar every morning? Because that, that's one of the things I've read, like a tablespoon of vinegar in the morning. Huh. Yeah. What does that do? Okay. 
It burns the hard fat, not the soft oh. fat. You have to do something else yeah. for the soft fat. <laughs> <laughs> then there's always not eating as much. You know what? That would also yeah. burn it, you know? Yeah. Okay. Because your body probably would start eating hard and soft fat if there wasn't anything else to eat, you know, like they do on uh, Survivor. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen, though, Steve. Stephen. Oh, I know. I okay. Okay. We- we both know we're probably going to try and rely on ACV instead of actually stopping eating. Yeah. What can we say? That's anyway. right. So, Stephen, okay. was it a terribly boring show today? I have a feeling it was in a terribly boring show. Yeah, well, it wasn't the best, but it was all right. Sometimes they they're better be than all, others. Can't always be win- winners. Yeah. Anyway. That's it. All right. Okay. Anything else, Stephen? That's it. All right, Stephen. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Even Stephen wasn't motivated with a bigger list. Today. It happens now yeah. and then. Uh, it's it, it just can't all be gems. Yeah. Count Basie, you know, you can't stop him. Thank you, everyone. Good night. Tomorrow's Tom's birthday. Don't Aha. forget. Aha. Yes. WWL 105.3 FM HD2. And you know what else we're going to do tomorrow? <clears throat> we're going to be celebrating the anniversary, 100th anniversary of Bruce Arts. Yes. Uh, I'm going to do that more than I'm, I'm going to do my birthday. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.